Hey Outlander Cast Clan, Castle Massey's dedication to quality and care goes beyond their centuries line. The Prestige Beauty Company also has a heritage line of colognes and perfumes that celebrate recipes they've had in their arsenal for upwards of 200 years. Of course, Blake's favorite being the Supernatural number 6. Here comes a general! So stop your worry about holiday shopping right now. Go to CastleMassey.com. Get that perfume you know you've been dying for and even get another 20% off by using the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST at checkout. I gather you have supped with princes and paupers. I have, Your Excellency. It's said that the Highlander has much in common with the Indian savage. You think it's so? Savagery can exist in many forms, Your Excellency. I've witnessed it in both Prince and Pauper. Given your own worldly wisdom, I'm sure you'll agree that those that live in defiance of His Majesty are no better than barbarians. And often the law is not efficient in containing them. Well, there is the law, and there is what is done. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Everybody, how's it going? My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I, you know I do my best to just stay away from bears, just just as much as I can for as long as I can. In fact, I don't even think I go in the wild. Do you know how to dip though? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> you could not be at Lollybrock. The thing I've learned over my over my thirty five years so far, mm-hmm. uh, especially within the past ten, I'd say, is that I have zero appreciable skills. Yes. I have no skills whatsoever. If there was a zombie apocalypse or if you traveled through time to colonial America, you, my friend, would be screwed. No, no, (laughs) no. And the funny thing is, is like, even though I know how to make beef jerky, I am just disgusted by beef jerky. Beef jerky is probably the most awful thing on this planet. I haven't eaten in a long time. I'm not going to lie. I feel like... I just feel like it's just good wheat, good meat wasted on just nothing. Like it's well, old. it wasn't wasted back in the day. They really needed to take care of it so that, that way they could eat it for a long oh, time. They God, didn't have like, freezers. It's like eating like stale crackers. Like I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's like stale meat. <laughs> Yummy. All set with that. Well, before we get into the rest of this show, we want to make sure that you are able to follow us and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of them with the title Outlander Cast. And even better yet, you can become an official member of the Outlander Cast clan at outlandercastclan.com. There you can get great benefits and extras this season, like the extra off-air, after-dark no, no, podcast. No. Say it right. After dark. There you go. Podcast episodes, access to special Outlander cast giveaways, which you'll hear more about at the end of this episode. There's free swag and much, much more. (laughs) 
All right, Blake, let's get into the show. Break it on down. Well, the episode title was Common Ground, and it seems fairly uh, self-evident why it's called Common Ground. I think it, it's they're trying to find common ground between multiple sources mm. of people, whether it's between Jamie and Claire, um, Jamie and the Cherokee, uh, even Jamie and a bear, <laughs> so or uh, or, or a non bear, um, but it's just about finding that common ground on which even even Jamie and the Frasers with uh, with the king, the king of England, finding common ground on how to settle uh, Fraser's Ridge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's about finding that common space that in which everybody could live. The writer now I called this one. I called this one back in season three. The writer was Joy Blake. And I got to tell you, Joy Blake, uh, not because she shares my, you know, my first name with her last name, <laughs> even though that is amazing. Truly. No, I, I, I quite like Joy Blake. And, and she actually wrote First Wife last season. And if we can all recall, First Wife was among, I would probably say, the, the top three episodes of last season, I would imagine. And there's a reason for that. I, I actually think that she is a an exceptional addition to the writing staff. We we've talked Agreed, a lot. Yes. We've talked a lot about uh, the writing staff as as it exists in comparison to the way that it existed in season one, uh, and now in season three and season four. We've all felt. Well, I think a lot of people have felt like it's kind of filled with a bunch of jags, and I do not think. That Joy Blake is a jack. In fact, I would say she's extremely talented. I would agree. Uh, and her work shows it. Her mm-hmm. her work absolutely shows it. The director was Ben Bolt, who directed The False Bride, and the DP was Stain Vanderveken, who also did the nice. False Bride as well. Okay, cool. So our kilt ratings for this episode. Of course, we rate each episode on a scale of one to five kilts. Mine. Is a four point nine. A f- what? Yep. What? Four point nine. This this is like a travesty. I would have, I would have bet the house. I would have bet the mortgage on a five for you. There was no sex. There was a. Uh, yeah, you're right. So well, they they can't be getting it on with with little Ian in, in the same room. Listen, they tried. They tried. Jamie talked about it. <laughs> but alas. All right. So I, I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting a 4.75. Nice, which is pretty much a five. Uh, kind of. <laughs> uh, I, I really liked this episode. There's a couple of things here that I, I thought that was um, that bring it down a tad. But for the most part, this was an, this was an excellent episode of Outlander. In, yes. in fact, I, I would say that the episodes, even though I'm giving this one a little bit of a lower mark than the previous episode, mm-hmm. I would say that the episodes are getting better and better with each try. You know, with the exception of, of do no harm, I, I thought that was a little bit of a um, a little bit of a step back. So, but I we're I think we're in great shape. I would agree. It's time for the GBGs, the good, the bad, and the great of this episode. So, my good for this episode was, <laughs> you mean when she went back in time to find Jamie Fraser, <laughs> Fiona? High five to you, my friends. High five. Way to bring it. Right? Seriously. Fiona, who was just kind of like pushed aside, just cleaning things up. She's been listening all along and she knows what's going on. I loved that. And I also loved Roger's reaction. I might love Roger's reaction more, but that little bit of the scene was such a good part of this episode. My bad. Oh, my goodness. You must not be troubled. Death is sent from the gods. It will not be your fault. Well, that sounds great. Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. What a Debbie Downer. 
What oh. what is going on? What is going on? Says Claire. What are we doing? Seriously, that woman literally needs like the wah, 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 wah sound effect from oh. SNL. Oh no no! What what she needs is uh. There you go. That's what she needs. Now, this is the same actress who was in um, Dances with Wolves. Really. I believe so. I believe so. She looked it. She looked like a person who actually had sex and danced with Wells. That's why I remember because Wait, I was so young. Not and she's I not, that's not Laura Roslin. What? You know Laura Roslin from BSG. She played. No, uh, no, no. Oh, okay. No, right. not her. No, the woman who was like married to the chief when Kevin Costner would sleep in their tent and they would okay. get jiggy with it. And All I was right. like, "What's going on?" So I feel like I remember this woman's face. Let me see. Let me see. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was her. <laughs> Tantu Cardinal is her name. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Fair yep. enough. I remember. See, guys, I pay attention to sex. All the sex. <laughs> Classy broad right here. Classy. Okay. So anyway, sorry. Sorry, but she was a total Debbie Downer. And then my great was I just love watching Jamie, Claire, and Ian live and create their home together, mm-hmm. whether it's chopping down the trees, cutting the trout, just making their home. Um, this is a huge reason why I love Drums of Autumn so much. It's not necessarily for the conflict. It's not necessarily for all the things going on. It's for the more simple times, which I know people either love or hate, mm-hmm. but I was a huge fan of Little House on the Prairie, and I love those Little House on the Prairie <laughs> moments that you get at Fraser's Ridge when they're building it, when they're living it together. Um, just the simplicity of it. So I really just loved watching all that and to know that they took the time to really figure out how did people in this day and age build their homes how would they get the wood how would they do all of this mm-hmm. i loved it especially when roger makes that discovery in the book that brie gave him he has this he's like reading the book a little bit and it's it's an indirect narration yes. of what jamie claire and ian are doing yes that was a beautiful moment i agree a beautiful moment within the show and one of our listeners from the uh, the previous episode the the listener feedback for mm-hmm. um for the false bride she said something to the effect of i really like this because it shows jamie and claire living it's not not like every single moment is passionate love and yes. not and not every single moment is crazy plot where everything is going crazy action there there are these moments where you just have life mm-hmm. and the creation of life and how how th- that that action affects not only our characters but our story as well. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I really could not agree more. And I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. I, if if you're listening to this, please call me out on it on social media. <laughs> I think it was Cheryl. It may have been Cheryl who said it. I can't remember. Cheryl Murphy. Uh, it may have been my girl from Quincy. That's right. Um, but either way, uh, you're, you're. I'm giving you credit. <laughs> so thank you for that. All Whoever right, my good, are. my good. Is this the idea that Jamie fought a bear in the book? Yeah, I told like afterwards, I was like, actually, while it started to happen, I said, oh, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, that's different. I'm so glad it's not a real bear. Because for those of you who are non-book readers, Jamie fights and kills a bear. A real bear. In the book. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And and, and I, I will say this. My good is the fact that they did not include it. In the show, they did not include a real freaking bear mm-hmm. in the show. Listen, this is not the Revenant, okay? <laughs> we're, we're not. This isn't Leo DiCaprio, all right? That took a lot of money. And this is, and, and just like how it's not the Gray, okay? We're we're not Liam Neeson 
uh, fighting wolves like like Clayton was supposed to do back in season one. And while it may seem you know uh, just uh, a little silly that Jamie fights a bear man, <laughs> and the direction of the fight itself, in my opinion, was uh, not so great. But the change for the bear man. It makes sense within the context of the story. It makes sense why they made that choice to be a bridge, you know, in quotes for the Frasers to the Cherokee while still respecting the origin and the story of the book. You know, and this is why it's vital to, and I'm going to say this real loud and clear, to adapt. Yes. <laughs> adapt yes. books. And not just make shot for shot or word for word or line for line remakes. To see James Fraser fighting a bear would have been ridiculous. Especially with with the funds and the things that they have at their disposal to create said mm-hmm. CGI bear. Mm-hmm. It would have been terrible. We're already we're already getting out of a bad CGI water. We're already getting out of a bad green screen um uh, landscapes. What do you think we're going to do when we see a CGI bear? Right? It's going to be ridiculous. It's it, going to be bootgate. No, you can't. <laughs> no, we, we couldn't bear have done gate. it. <clears throat> couldn't have done it. I'm so glad that they changed it. And it actually gave a really good personal connection, in my opinion, and a good, again, quote, quote unquote, bridge between the Frasers and the Cherokee. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, that person, again, was once a Cherokee who was kind of shunned out of their tribe. And he was a nuisance to them. So there is just, there's a good connection there that I like. The bad. Now, this isn't necessarily bad, so to speak, but it's more of a logic question for me. Okay. Which is, I remember Jamie being like dismissive of the settlers and how the Native Americans were treated by the settlers. And how their lands were stolen and they were oppressed and everything. And the next or two episodes or three episodes later, we got Jamie taking land from a king who is taking land from the Native Americans and and signing away and, so and, and being happy about it. So awkward. Now, again, and 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 on some level, and we even played at the beginning of this episode, he kind of relates to to the Cherokee and and to the Native Americans because he's a Highlander and and the Highlanders were mistreated in the very same way by the same royalty. Mm -hmm. So again, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not sitting here from in my ivory tower pointing my finger saying, James Fraser, you shouldn't have done it. What I am saying is it's it's just something to point out and it's just, and, and I think it's more of an affectation of the source material as opposed to what the writers of the the show were doing, it just it is what it's 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 it is what it is. It keeps it keeps the plot going, um, but it's it, you know it's just something to point out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do, Jellybean. But my great my great is the level of tension throughout this episode, and it's employed in multiple multiple different ways in this episode, whether it's. Um, with the Cherokee or with Roger and Bree, or even finding out that Jamie and Claire apparently die in the 1770s. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole thing here. Now, we'll get into it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the the level of tension and the dramatic irony here is what makes this episode pretty damn good in my yes, eyes. Yes, I would agree. Uh, so, uh, so that's that. 
That's my great. Awesome. The tension was that. Awesome. That was it. What do you got? I already told you my GBG. Oh no no! I mean like, what do you got for the rest? What, what else? What else are you feeling for the rest of this episode? For uh, oh, you want to like? Yeah, del- let's let's get into in? it. Let's right. dive right into okay, it, baby. Guys, is anyone else like absolutely in love with Ian? Can I have an <laughs> Ian in my life? Just like this, really? Maybe am I an Ian? Just this like joyful like. Oh yes, let's do this. Let's do that. I, I think you're skipping an Ian. Around. You're, you definitely skip around. Yep. You're definitely giving out credit cards and social security numbers left and right, like it's like it's your business. He's like, oh, you want me to help you? <laughs> oh, those are the Cherokee because ba ba da ba da. Like he's such a good little listener, and he just wants to help. <laughs> he's a good little listener. He is. He, well, he's just so sweet with his little pup. Oh my gosh. That's it, the thing, though. You don't like dogs. You're not a dog person, so no. you can't be Ian. No, I can't. You like pot, Ian? I would be Ian if I had a mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> All the cats. The raccoon comment. <laughs> Did a raccoon leave this poop? Okay, <laughs> poor, oh, uh, poor thing. He has no idea. He's just so scared after the skunk experience. Mm-hmm. He has no idea what's going on I, in America. He has, he has zero idea what any of the animals are. Oh my gosh! What does he do when he sees a squirrel? He's just throwing out random names. <laughs> Is that a moose? <laughs> I also need to get off my chest that I want all of Claire's clothes. Now, I know that they stink, okay? She got some good girl stank going on. <laughs> Do you you see that green screen? That water's far away, guys. Mm-hmm. She's not washing her clothes every three days. She doesn't have deodorant. All oh, she got is some, some smoked meat, all right? <laughs> she's got some girl stank going on. But dang, she's got some pretty clothes. And where did these clothes come from? I want the teal shirt. I want the teal dress. I want the wrap. I want it all. Mm-hmm. And I love how she just has all these outfits all the time. I like the pants. I'm into the pants. I, I, I was actually surprised she wasn't wearing pants the entire time. Because, well, she's in the woods. Nobody's watching her. And let's be real. The pants would be so much easier. Like when she's pulling Clarence with that big log. Mm-hmm. And in the other hand, she's picking up her skirts. I'm like, Claire, what are you doing? Just put on your pants. We all know you have them. <laughs> I even like the... the, like the uh, the leg, not leggings, but what they're they're the leg covers for her mm. boots and her calves. Yeah, and how like it's like, I was like, I was sexy. I was kind of into it. Good. I, I'm like, in, I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna get a pair, yeah. pair of those for you. Wait, is that kind of what I have on like now? This thing, uh, my boot cuff. No, 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 no. It's that's it's a Mary has like this little boot cuff that goes right under her knee. Uh, it's, it's similar to a boot cuff. Okay. It goes over your boots yes. and over your pants to make so like water doesn't get into oh, it. Oh yeah, I got you. Um, but it's a full leather thing. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of into it. Okay. I'm, what I'm did you? Lie. What really stood out to you? So I think where the episode, like I said, really shines for me. Mm-hmm. Is I mean yeah it's like I said it's great to f- see um, you know Jamie fight a bear and and you know even John Quincy Myers getting all messed up and the interactions with the Native Americans and it's it's all tense and great but it's the small moments between our characters that we actually have relationships with for example it's the subtle order that Jamie gives to Claire to give him the knife knife and oh, yes. get behind him or. Even Claire talking about missing Brianna early, early on in the episode mm-hmm. after she spoke with Marcel, mm-hmm. you know, showing real weight to her decision, saying, "Oh my God, I I've abandoned my daughter. Marcel is my daughter's age. She could be having a kid right now, yeah. and I'm I'm not there. I don't yeah. know anything about it." And real significant weight. She's not just okay. I'm back with Jamie, and everything's great. I'm back with Jamie, and everything's great. No, not none of that. It's real weight. Or even um, 
the deafening silence between Roger and Bree on their phone call. It's just this much. There's, it's it's after Roger tells Brianna that he has discovered that his her parents were in North Carolina, and she says to him, "Oh my God, Roger, thank you so much for doing this, even after everything that, that's happened." Now, if you go back and you watch Roger's face, the way that Rick Rankin delivers it, like that delivers this pain. Mm. like he he does something that actually actually i do where he like closes his eyes and he just like shakes his head a little bit and like oh and like bites his lip and uh, it it's like there's nothing to say there's nothing you don't know what to say you uh, you just feel like no matter what you do you, you screw up you can't win you can't win and he wants to say so much and there's nothing that is allowing him to do it that because she opened the door when she said, oh, I was just thinking about you. Right. Right. <laughs> but then neither of them says, I love you. I missed you. Do you want to get back together? Right. Nothing. And because they're both, you know, they're both projecting onto each other. Like they yep. maybe maybe one's too hurt or one is, is too mad or whatever. Uh, again, we said it last episode, young people in a young relationship saying and doing young, stupid things. Mm -hmm. That's what's attractive about the two and that that tension between the two, which, again, goes back to what I really liked about this episode, which is that tension. And and I think that tension calcifies in, in, in three... Real distinct ways. I mean, again, we have the the three beat structure with the Cherokee. The introduction to them, when we have that great opening shot of Jamie and Claire and Ian and and Claire saying, "There's something behind us," isn't oh. it? And in the background is this blurred image of these these figures moving in the background mm-hmm. and Jamie and everything. What a great introduction and in, in setting the table. But then we even have the conflict where they come back up onto the camp, the Cherokee, and they're throwing the pikes down and they're, and they're obviously you know, very upset with Jamie. The, the conflict is happening. It's going to be there. And then even the resolution, all that tension finally gets let loose after the bear fight. He brings them to, to the camp and they establish a good working relationship with the natives. Mm-hmm. That tension is perfect. It's it's a it's a perfect three beat. A rise, a middle, and a release, right? And then even with Roger and Bree, building on how they left off from the last episode. Mm-hmm. And, and this is more of a macro thing, I think, for Roger and Bree, but it's from Roger's perspective, which is important because we get to see how he is evolving in this what we would think to be a relationship and our introduction being his discovery to fraser's ridge and the subsequent phone call to brie the conflict being roger discovering what happened to claire and jamie being unsure what Mm -hmm. to do and our resolution comes in form with roger calling brie but being led to understand that she has gone to see her mother but that's the beauty of this tension because it's ramped up and it's released only be, to be ramped up more and played against our hope that Bree gets to see her mother one more time. We are genuinely left wanting more 
from this tension, Mm -hmm. which when you want more of that tension, you know you have excellent writing, right? I agree. And even finding out that Jamie and Claire die in the 1770s, right? It adds to the dramatic irony of it all. Like you just found them. You just found out that they met, that they were together, that they ended up going to America together. Right. Only to find out. They die together. And again, this is this is a macro thing, right? This is not necessarily a micro tension, but macro tension because it's in, in it's more of an active affectation of the plot where it puts the sole responsibility of this impending death and it puts the sole responsibility of this knowledge directly on Roger in having to tell Bree. And it forces him to make a choice, something that he would otherwise not do. Yeah, he was very easy and not eager, but he it, it came. Hmm, it was heartbreaking to see him let go of Bree mm-hmm. and be and just hang up the phone and be like, "Okay, I got papers to grade." But now he has to do something that he otherwise wouldn't be able or it wouldn't want to do, which is get back in touch with Bree, save the day, and tell her. Your parents are going to croak in 17s, whatever. Just excellent stuff. Excellent, excellent stuff. Right? Like this episode <laughs> just kept bringing it for you over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the fire. <laughs> the fire transition, though. Oh, yes. It's like burning looking in his fireplace, and there's Jamie and Claire in their mm-hmm. new house burning thanks to a transition hey did you find it weird that jamie carved frank's initials into that tray did did what (laughs) no we didn't totally did no we didn't totes man fr fraser's ridge oh get out of here stop (laughs) it Stop it. Get Frank Like, Randall. why didn't you do Jamie plus Claire, or Jamie J plus C in a heart? I can't believe you just threw that at me. <laughs> Go back. You guys now will not be able to unsee that. Each time you rewatch this episode, because this is a really good re- one to rewatch, you're going to see Frank Randall. You're mm-hmm. going to say, dang it. Mary, <laughs> why'd you do that? You know, but getting back to that, 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 the uh, transition of the fire, mm-hmm. the, I'm not sure if people like fully saw. I mean, it was it was right in front of your face, so I don't know how you couldn't see it. But like, it's just this great implied knowledge, and it's a great implied fate for Jamie and Claire looking out over the west-facing view, of Fraser's Ridge, and and out out of which that you are given the knowledge that they die in a fire, right? And it transitions to a flame in Roger's office that engulfs Jamie and Claire. That's what I said. I know. But not only does it give it a clue of their fate... You're just trying to speak fancier than me. (laughs) It layers over this serene setting of what they are trying to accomplish. But it's also telling you that the flame originates from Roger's office. Roger being the guy that has this foreknowledge of them. It's Roger's fate as well. This fire is where they both will collide. Yikes, man. So it's, it's... you just got deep. I, I, of course I do. That's what I do. How do you feel about the Cherokees suddenly speaking English? Um, I was not surprised by it. I actually, I'm kind of into it because I feel like in order, you know, by that, by this point in time, you know, they would have had children that grew up in a in in a world where there are English settlers, mm-hmm. and in order for the for them to. 
uh, exist within the framework of the the settlers, yep. they need to have somebody who speaks English. Yeah, I was a little taken back by how well this person spoke English and how well the younger generation spoke English. Uh, I would have figured that there would have been just a little, a, li- accent. a little bit of accent there. I felt like they were from California. <laughs> the way that they spoke. They're from Canada. Well, can- Canada, California. I don't know. It's not. It's not Massachusetts. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You oh. know, I loved the costumes for the Native Americans in this episode, and we are going to go either Cherokee or Native Americans. We're not going to be calling them Indians, no matter what Jamie and Claire say. Okay. All right. Fine. That that was voted on, by the way, yes. by by our patrons, and I'm thankful for that. Or at AtlantaCastClan.com. They. <laughs> That's how my heart was feeling, so I'm happy to hear that. But goodness gracious, those opening shots, the title credit shots, with them oh, putting yeah, on their outfits and getting dressed, and even that last headpiece. Oh my goodness gracious, absolutely beautiful. Headpiece porn. <laughs> That's what that is. Even even while they were doing that bear dance spirit thing, sure. I, which was very confusing. I want to get into that. I, okay. I definitely want to get into that. Okay. I, I think... It was it was definitely confusing mm-hmm. because are they in control of the bear man? Are they just acting it out? Are they are they trying to control the bear man? Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't understand what the point was for cutting. Like I know what you're trying to yeah. do. You're trying to build tension, right? Because when you quick cut from one thing to another, that's implied tension, right? Like you, it's when you're moving fast pace, it's like, okay, we're moving here, then we're moving here, we're moving there, and we're, Jamie's fighting a bear, and they're dancing, and the bear's there, and like... It made it seem like they were controlling this spirit bear man to fight Jamie. So, you know, yeah. as a book reader, I was saying, this is all weird anyway, because it's not a bear. So what's going on? And I, I, I even was saying it out loud, like to Blake, I was saying, does it seem like they're trying to control him to make him right. fight Jamie? Because everything leading up to it was, we don't want you here. We're going to pick up your silly little sticks that you magically think you put in the right place. Mm-hmm. How do you think? How do you know you're putting in the right place? You're just walking around. <laughs> just you, you just, just walking around with throwing the map. sticks everywhere. This looks good, says Claire. All right, another one here. I'll drop it there. Up oh, here's that weird tree that I'm going to put Frank Randall's initials in. <laughs> put some more sticks around there. Like, of course they're going to be upset. They're going to throw your sticks back at you, saying you did it wrong. Claire can't read maps. And uh, I thought they were controlling the bear person until the end. Well, before we continue, we want to talk a little bit more and thank our sponsor, Caswell Massey. So we wanted to remind you that this episode of OutlanderCast is brought to you by Caswell Massey. Caswell Massey is America's original beauty and fragrance company founded in Newport, Rhode Island in 1752. Guys, they were around before Jamie and Claire settled in Fraser's Ridge, okay? <laughs> just just settle with that for a little bit. The Prestige Beauty Company also has a heritage line of colognes and perfume that celebrate recipes they've had in their arsenal for upwards of 200 years. The number six, for example, is, part of, this the general. Co- <laughs> is part of this collection as the first American fragrance. In addition, they have a number of fragrance recipes that have been in their archive for decades. The Jockey Club Cologne with citrus herb and floral notes was first made in 1840. The Newport Cologne, hey. which smells of fresh sea air in wooden ships, was formulated in 1890. The Tricorn, for those of you who like the Tricorn hat, which is musky and leathery in nature, was made in 1941. And the Green Briar, Briar, the Green Briar, I can read, <laughs> which is musky and fresh, 
was made in 1984. So each of these scents has a long heritage, obviously, in Caswell Massey, and were all reformulated in 2017 to be a bit more modern. They too come in triple milled soap bars and can be perfectly gifted to your husbands, your dads, and even to yourself. To experience the rich history and the modernization of the time-tested brand and for 20% off your entire order, go to castlemassey.com and enter the code OUTLANDERCAST at checkout. For more information on their heritage products, promos, just check them out on social media at Caswell Massey. You want to know something cool about the about the jockey one? Yes. Apparently worn by President John Kennedy himself. Hold we on. get all the different presidents. So we have George Washington mm-hmm. wearing the Supernatural number six. Here comes the general. And then the Jockey Club cologne. Of course, yeah. JFK would wear that it's one. my boy. Of course he Married would. in Newport, Rhode Island, too. I know. There I know. We go. All the Newport references. So talking about this bear thing again, I, I think, again, it was the right choice to have a man bear, <laughs> not a real bear. <laughs> but when I was watching this, and I kind of got... Um, throughout this whole episode, you know, minus the the Jamie and Claire, like I kind of want to bang you. I got this real vibe from the show The Terror. Mm-hmm. I and I know you didn't watch it, my darling, but there are a bunch of nerds out there that did watch The Terror. It was on AMC. You being one of those, nerds. Uh, I, and I was a total nerd. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you like Tobias Menzies, he's actually in The Terror. It just came out as a limited series. Uh, I would say last year, and it's it's about guys getting trapped in the North Pole uh, on these ships, and they were exploring it for the English Navy, and what happens to them, and there's this monster that kind of picks them off Ugh. one by one in the cold. So, and it, it's rumored that the that the Eskimos that were up there were controlling this monster, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of got the same feel this whole episode of the terror that I did for, um, uh, that I did for this episode, right? Like it's just there were these people just trying to live, trying to survive. There's something that's kind of haunting them. They're getting involved with the native peoples. There's a resolution eventually. It was an interesting. It was an interesting little bit. Uh, And again, what it's it's one of those things that helps keep Outlander fresh Mm -hmm. and it helps keep outlander separated from other shows that are based within this time frame right Mm -hmm. um but we also have this great moment too where roger is narrating right and 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 it's it's sending us back into ourselves it's sending us back into um firm ground in what this time frame really is. You can go crazy with man bear and 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 have the and have the 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 father's grandmother telling stories and dreams of Claire and how she's got this egg and the thing breaks open and Claire's going to have white hair and she's predicting death and whatever. You can have all of that and be weird about it and get and get real weird with it, but also have this moment that was also warm and inviting and something very familiar mm-hmm. about Jamie and Claire creating their home narrated by Roger who is indirectly narrating it just fantastic stuff i mean Congre- I joy Blake killed it in this episode she seriously. really did seriously i just i'm and and here's another here's another thing too that i wanted to point out I find it so incredibly, again, pleasing and warming and comfort, comforting knowing that Jamie gets to look and sign a document that grants him 
10,000 acres of the king's land in his own name, by the way, James Fraser. And he's receiving this document from a king Mm -hmm. whose father wanted to hang Jamie in every Jacobite there ever was to put an end to the rebellion. And here's James Fraser, Red Jamie himself, getting for free, getting 10,000 acres of land in the new world. Isn't that in like he has his glasses on and he looks at it, he kind of smiles and he just he gives us like, huh, man, I, I came a long way. Like, holy smokes, yep. dude. Yep. Crazy. Town. I just I, I find that very pleasing. I find it very, very warming to to see that. Do you get anything else about this episode? My I darling? do. Okay, First what off, Gail's going to need a new roommate. Oh, yes. Okay, They're going off. Going to some rally, hanging out with the little peace buttons, and Gail has no idea what's going to go on. I hope she can afford some dog food for Meryl's dog. A carrot. <laughs> P.S. The, the time that we get in the post-show chat is very, very little time. Mm-hmm. I don't need 30 seconds about carrot. No, we don't We don't need to. I would like a carrot. bit more time about the Cherokee. I would like a little bit more time about the research that they did into how to build a home. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, carrot. You've got a stage, mom. <laughs> I want my 30 seconds back. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, Gail's going to need a new roommate. I hope that um, that Brie left her some money because that stinks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I agree. Or is she going Just to for Scotland? rent? Yeah, yeah. Gonna go. I'll see you later. Bye. Whatevs. <laughs> Imagine having that happen when you're in college uh-huh. and you need a roommate. Goodness gracious. How do you think Brie found out? About... About... I don't think she found out. I don't think she... I think she... Since she knew her parents were alive... Yep. Within this time frame... Yep. She decided, I'm going... I'm I'm going to do what my mother did. Because she was there when her mother went through the stones, right? Cool. Like, yeah. So she's like, I'm going to do the same thing. Because she heard the buzzing. And we know that Roger heard the buzzing as well. So, like, we all know... That they're capable of going through the stones. Mm-hmm. And I think Bree just said, I'm going to be with my mom. I want to try it out. I, I don't I don't really, I got nothing going for me here. I, See, I know I'm that a little alive. nervous that Fiona told Bree, hey, your parents die in a fire. Because Fiona, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying that. No? I'm not buying that. Okay. I, I mean, if if she were single... And she wanted to be with, with, Roger. with Roger. And would be like, Bree, you should totally go to Scotland. Your mother's alive, dude, and she's going to croak. You know, I know all about it because of my granny. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I, I don't think. So you just think Bree wants to try it out. I do. I, I think. see your mom. I think she just doesn't. She feels like I got nothing going on. And I might as well just go back in time and be with my dad. Like, I can. I don't have a dad up here. I don't even have a mother anymore. Yeah. Which, again, lends credence to the weight of that decision that mm-hmm. Claire makes. That decision is, it's monumental. I mean, it's not even like she has a dog. <laughs> right, she's got nothing else to worry about. <laughs> not even a fish. Oh, uh, so I, I think, I think, I mean, how could you not want to be around parents who, who, who Jamie carries Claire over the threshold, you know, as, as into this brand new. We've moved like eight times. You've never done that to me. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. The I'm sorry. The next house, you better. The next house, I will. I promise Jack I will. Jack Pearson would. Jack, Jack Pearson Jamie, did. Yep. <laughs> Jamie does. <sighs> you need to Jamie jack it up. I'm, I'm, I'm living my life 
in fear of Jack Pearson. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know Jack, who Jack Pearson is, it's he's the main character on This Is Us, which, shameless plug, Mary and I have another podcast about called, it's about This Is Us, and it's called This Is Us 2 on any podcatcher you can find. You can even find that at maryandblake.com. Right now, we're going to take a moment to share with you the Outlander cast staff thought of the week. This one comes from Outlander cast staff writer Karen Rutledge. So, Karen... Take it away. Hey, Mary and Blake. My thought this week is that Diana Gabaldon has given us yet another gift with her assessment a while back that season four gets better with each episode. Common Ground is my favorite this season so far. First and foremost... I saw Jamie Fraser again, even with better hair. It could only have been better if our bear killer's kilt had made an appearance. I can't understand the decision to ditch it this season. How about you guys? Seeing Jamie, Claire, and Ian work together was really exciting. I was a little perplexed to see all that nicely planed wood magically appear. The Roger and Bree drama was perfectly played. What they really need are some communication classes. But Richard Rankin was phenomenal. I loved it when he pretended not to understand Fiona's comments about time travel. I just wanted to reach out and pinch those cheeks. And for the adaptations, as there are no bears for hire in Scotland, I appreciated um, how they... attack that important fight scene as well as uh, changing it to a Cherokee storyline. And and wow, weren't those intricate uh, Cherokee costumes just stunning. And who didn't love Claire's breaks? Could have only been better there if we had seen Jamie's reaction to them. Uh, I always like to look at the lighting, I think, um, and the the sets and everything, I think uh, John Gary Stills' team did a great job with that, um, trying to make it look like North Carolina. And uh, Bear McCreary continues to knock it out of the park with his phenomenal scores. So that's my thought of the week. Uh, episode four was so satisfying. I've already watched it four times. Thank you very much. Yay, thank really you. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you so much. So, my darling, uh, before we get into the Atlantis theory of the week, do you happen to have any final thoughts for this well, episode? Well, I'm a little nervous for Marcelie. I mean, she's kind of bugging, and now Fergus is on this journey to go find guys from Ardsmere. Murta, better show up. You literally stole my final thought. Better show up. <laughs> this is a perfect inlet for Murta to Claire show up. How have and Jamie not talked about Murta? I'm sure that they've mentioned it Well, in they passing. should have been doing it in passing that I could see. <laughs> so Claire could be like, by the way, whatever happened, like while while Jamie was nuzzling her on that tree and was like, I'm going to do naughty things. Why didn't Claire say, hold up? Wait, where's Murta? You know something that's been bothering me? <laughs> whatever happened to Murta? Uh, you know, and I'll tell you, it's, and as much as I'm liking this season, it's, if they get Murta back, it's a, a oh my God. <laughs> Everything's going to be a five. Yeah. Every episode's going to be a five. <laughs> it will absolutely be the shot in the arm that this show needs. Um, 
because it's great to see Ian and yeah, John Quincy Myers and okay, Ro- Ro- Rolo. And, this is why season three was a little rough. Um, no Murta. Well, I mean, there was Murta, but like, you know, not really. He had like a couple of scenes, and that was it. And you're kind of right, my darling. I mean, they, they, we just need that connection. We need that connection back to when Outlander was either first made and it was magical and it was like, oh my god, it's Outlander. Um, Getting Murta back, if they do it, and I'm pretty sure that they will, it, it would be the absolute right choice to get him back. And when you consider when you consider where we are in the season, right now we're in episode four, right? In one of the listener feedback episodes, we talked about uh, uh, season structure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first episode, the premiere, is always kind of unto itself. Right, it's always its own thing. It's it's reintroducing you back to the characters. It's reintroducing you back to or introducing you to a new setting. Uh, it's just giving you the lay of the land. So it's its own separate identity. And from there, we get the rest of the episodes. And it's not coincidence that there are thirteen episode seasons. You have your first episode, and then you have episodes two through twelve, which mm-hmm. get broken up into thirds, right? Yeah. So you again you have introduction, conflict, and then resolution. Yep. So in every four episodes, you get towards that. Right now we are in the third episode of our first act. The next episode is our fourth episode. That is when the things of the first act get resolved. Awesome. Okay. So it is not a coincidence that Bree is going back in the fifth episode overall mm-hmm. okay it's not a coincidence that jamie has reached somewhat of a detente with the cherokee in Ooh, this episode fancy word. <laughs> and it's not a coincidence that jamie tells fergus go get guys from oddsmuir like in Murta. this in this episode because in the next episode more than likely Murtaugh returns more than likely that's kind of an outlandish theory that's a free one for you okay the first one's always for free <laughs> is ross gonna come back no ross is not coming just back <laughs> and he already went back to go take care of his fam yes he did all right uh i got some outlandish theories you ready for it oh yeah okay this outlandish theory is brought to you by minute with mary So if you yourself are sitting there and you're like, the holidays are coming up, I've got people to see, things to do, and I'm feeling a little meh, I want to take that meh to Marvelous. All you need to do is go onto Facebook, search the hashtag Minute with Mary, request to join my Marvelous VIPs. I'm going to take the meh to Marvelous. That was great stuff. Good job. All right, Outlander's Theory. So You've got two? I've actually got two. Stop. I've got two theories. You ready for this? So I today am. you're getting a total of three freaking theories. I'm a, yeah, bring it. All right, so the first one is this. Something tells me that there's going to be a problem that goes down between Jamie and the Cherokee. Again, this kind of ties into the structure of a season. We have a detente that's happened right now, but something has to break that. Something has to change about it to get the story to keep going forward, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you keep the story moving. So what I've noticed is that while I love John Bell and I think he's doing a great job, Ian, the character, ain't doing too much. What I mean, are you talking about? He's not doing much. He's doing a lot. What's he doing? He's trying his dang hardest, okay? It, he's only 16. So he's doing nothing. He's helping build this home. He's, he's doing nothing. So, and, and that's fine. That's fine. Don't be hating on him. Because 
that's just where the story is at right now. He's just walking around. He's hanging out with Rolo. And if you notice, any scene that he is in, yep. he, he always goes, hey, at the end of the scene, he always goes, hey, Rolo. Come on, Rolo. Come on, Rolo. And they both leave yes. because they no, they're no longer needed for that scene. They just move on every time. Well, because he also feels like a third wheel. But I'm just saying that's when you know a character isn't doing anything because he's quick. he's always leaving the scene. So my whole point about this is this. I bet he gets himself in trouble with the Cherokee. I bet he does something or he says something stupid with John Quincy Myers or he does something by mistake with a Cherokee like, dude, nope, nope, we have a problem. Ian and or Ian, Jamie? Ian. I bet he does something that gets, that gets the Cherokee a little pissed off. And that's our conflict and that's what happens. That's what breaks the detente between the Frasers at Frasers Ridge and the Cherokee. Interesting. So, but the, here's my real good one. Oh, this is your second one. Okay, okay this, bring it. this is my good one. This is the one that I've been waiting for. And I think I'm totally going to get, I, actually, I'm, I'm just going to do it right now before I, before I even. Oh, you're giving it to yourself? I'm giving myself my own outstanding. I can't with you. It makes me want to shout. You're not allowed to sing, you okay. poor thing. You all poor right. thing. So, we all know that history, <laughs> history does not change. What, musical? Uh, that's Sweeney Todd. Come on. Got it. There you go. Uh, come on, girl. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Like, wh- who do you think I am here? Like, I don't know. I'm happy that you're married to me and you, <laughs> you've learned so many musicals. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that within the context of this story, within the context of the, the, the framework of Outlander, history does not change. That's proven by the fact that we have the Jacobite Rebellion and it is not changed. Okay. It is mm-hmm. not changed. But I also don't deny that Fraser's Ridge burns down and people die within Fraser's Ridge. Here's my thing. It's no secret that Jamie is a printer. They've said it multiple times this episode. And he's eventually, when the Revolutionary War hits, he's going to have to distance himself from Governor Tryon. He's going to have to distance himself from the, from the loyalty of that he may have to have towards the towards mm-hmm. the the British crown, right? Once the revolution begins. So just because the paper says it was them, it doesn't actually mean that it really was them. So I bet that Jamie Jamie and Claire, they live because where would our our story go without them? They're definitely this is definitely not going to happen this season. And if it is, we already know that season f- five and six are coming. So it definitely happened. That doesn't happen now. And if it does happen within this season or the next season, we know that they're not going to die because our story doesn't go anywhere without them, right? And the, the, the Cherokee grandma was like, your hair is going to turn to super white and you're going to have all this great wisdom. It can't happen soon because how is she going to have white hair? Total white hair. Listen, right? if she's uh, going by the rate that I'm going, Gray, it could be tomorrow. So the place burns down, in my opinion, because of something that- Fraser's either, Ridge. Yeah, the Fraser's okay. Ridge burns down because of either something that Claire does or has that is out of her control, which again ties back into the prophecy from this episode from, from Grandma Cher- mm-hmm. Cherokee Grandma. But it's someone else in the house and Jamie plants it in the paper that he and Claire die- because they want to distance themselves from Governor Tryon. 
And that is why I gave myself the outstanding. I am extremely proud of this one. <sighs> Charlie, what do you got for me, baby? Mock me. Please hang up and try again. All right, my darling. Well, it's time to talk about... Our brand new giveaways. giveaways. So we've given away our other things. So thank you for entering yes, uh, thanks, for last guys. week. Uh, this week brings us two new, brand new products that I'm very happy to talk Hold about. Hold on tight, spider monkeys. Which the first one is the Heritage Presidential Premium Gift Set, which is two 15 milliliter bottles of, you guessed it, the number six. Here comes the general. And the Jockey Club, which in two bar soaps, and one Castile bar soap with a with a value of ninety whole dollars. And again, the Jockey Club said to be worn by my boy Kennedy. Just there's, there's there's things here in in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, this way, especially Massachusetts. There are things that are more holy than you could ever imagine. It's, it's the Red Sox, and it's the Kennedys. You you just you don't. They're on another level. Okay, <laughs> yes. they're on another level. Yes. So I'm very happy about that one. Well, I'm happy. You're happy. And then the second one, uh, actually, that that first giveaway you can find at OutlanderCastClan.com. Become a member there and uh, become a supporter, and you'll be able to get the highest value giveaways from now until the end of the season. OutlanderCastClan.com. And then the second giveaway is the Heritage Discovery Set, which is four 15 milliliter bottles, one of the Jockey Club, one of the new port one of the tricorn and one of the green briar this is a value of 60 dollars, and that can be found at outlandercastclangiveaway.com i'm very happy about these giveaway this is this is i think this is our best giveaway yet i love it i absolutely love it this is i'm just pumped i'm pumped for you guys to be able to try these products those of you who are the lucky winners and i just love that you're able to have such a discount for these awesome products i know you ready to close this bad boy out let's do it We here in the United States just wrapped up Thanksgiving weekend, and I just want to give a huge shout out to the entire Outlander cast staff. We are so thankful for you all for being our friends, for helping us manage everything, for writing, for running the clan, for newsletters, for everything that you do. Thank you. And we also want to thank all of you who are patrons. Uh, patrons at any level, make sure that the the wheels keep on turning for Outlander Cast. So thank you so much. A big thanks, of course, to our associate producers, Carolyn Celine, Diane Heather, Jennifer Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, and Patricia. Our co-producer levels of Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Keelan, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and Tracy, and last but not least, our executive producers who are Ann, Bobby, Jen, Martha, Peg, Sarah, and Shannon. Thank you all so incredibly much, and thanks to all of our patrons. So if you have some free time, I would love for you to do me a favor. We currently have 481 reviews on iTunes. Whoa. I would love it if we can get to 500 mm-hmm. by the new year. That's my goal. Oh, so we, we need totally to get 19 out. of them. So if you have not yet written a review, it's not just give us the stars, but written a review in iTunes. 
we would be just super, super thankful if you could do that. It would mean the world to us. This is a big way that people learn about our podcast, whether if you recommend it to somebody or you can recommend it on your podcast app of choice. want to thank Aunt Dolly on iTunes who said, interesting, insightful, and hilarious. The only thing better than a new season of Outlander is the recap by Miriam Blake each week. Always interesting and love how they notice things I didn't. They're always insightful and always make me laugh so hard I snort a little. (laughs) They're at their best when both of them get the giggles and then those giggles work into full-on hysterical laughter like Rumpy Pumpy and Dorcas and Bubbies. (laughs) Oh my goodness. If I could ask for something more of the podcast, I would ask for more clear impressions by Blake. No, you've got one today. There you go. (laughs) Well, thank you so much and thank you to everyone who's a member of the Outlander cast clan gathering that's our exclusive facebook group and just thanks guys thanks you rock our socks absolutely and if you want to get more of mary and myself please go to maryandblake.com where you can find all of our podcasts including ones about the leftovers gilmore girls and our most current show this is us too which a show of which i am quite proud by the way i agree i I really enjoy doing this is us too and i think this is us itself is is a great show and i know there are millions of you nerds out there that watch it so there are millions of you nerds out there that can listen to our podcast well until next time (laughs) lasses and lads i'm mary larson my name's blake and you've been listening to outlander cast Mm -hmm.